0: Because, you know, you have to get down to the serious task of dying. Yes. (laughs) You've had your... You adult until you die. That's right. This is The Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan.
1: And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. (laughs) Well, that's a perfect segue into today's topic, which is play and how play is serious business for your creative practice, but not so serious that you should get all frozen up and bunged up by it. And so I'd be interested to know, and of course we can't because even though it's live right now, by the time people hear this, It's not. It won't be live, and they can't talk to us anyway. But I'd be curious to know when we talk about the word play, what it conjures in people's minds. Yes. Like, I don't have time for play. I've got all this stuff I've got to do, or, you know, things along those lines. Life is serious. That's right. And the Puritans
1: Mm. drink
0: will have you know and believe that there is no time for play, no time for foolishness or silliness or anything like that. And... Yeah, there's a lot of negative connotation with the word play when you start talking about it in terms of producing something or you know even creating. But no one wants to pay you at your day job to play, right? Even though they should, because especially if you're in any kind of creative job environment where you're not just doing a rote set of tasks, where you're actually needing to come up with new ideas and things along those lines. Play should be encouraged, but it's not because it seems like a waste of time. Mm -hmm. There are all the uh, things in society, going to call you out Bible, Uh, you know, when I was a child, I acted like a child, et cetera, et cetera, and now I put away childish things. And one of the childish things that we're taught to put away is play, because, you know, you have to get down to the serious task of dying. Yes. (laughs) You've had your... You adult (laughs) until you die. That's right. Well, what am I working toward? Death. Cool. Um, but after death,
1: you get this you get wonderful, to play,
0: or at least that's what we think. Nobody knows, but take our word for it. Um, and that's not just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're treading on some some ground here. But the the reality is is that we are conditioned as a society not to really appreciate play, or to assume that play is the realm of other people. Right? Like, well. I'm just a schlub who's working a day job and I'm, I'm trying to do this creative practice, but really like the people who are allowed to play are the people who get paid to play. Um, Mm. you know, the musicians, the art, the artists, the famous artists, uh, et cetera. And, and I think that's interesting, but yeah, they're basically play is not something that we're, or, or we're only allowed to do play on the weekends or, you know, like, don't do too much of it because, you know, I work hard and then I play hard, which means that I'm working so much that I don't have enough time to play. So when I do get time to play, I play as hard as I can. I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but I just think it's interesting the, the place of play in our society. And you know, we talked about on a previous episode about that whole idea of imagination and how as we get older, even in creative pursuits, it's still conditioned out of us because it it all becomes about doing it right. Mm. It it becomes about, it basically gives you like all these things to take with you to your creative practice that essentially stifle it.
1: And it's called work. That's right.
0: Yeah. It's my creative work. I got to do my creative work now. Well, are you having fun? No, this is awful. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty good segue into like, I, I don't think what we're saying is particularly new. Like I think if people stop and think about it for a second, they'll go, yeah, that's, that's pretty true because we talk about how creativity is stifled, but really it's not just creativity. It's just the idea that you can spend time as we've talked before, moodling, mm-hmm. you can spend time just kind of futzing around, moving things around, playfully messing with stuff without any, uh, product coming right. out of the other side it's fascinating because we also talked about the idea that a lot of people will sit and consume creative products in the form of movies and music and books and th- there's it's nice because there's no no one's expecting you to do anything other than to take it in but when you cross over when you decide well hey i want to create music or movies or books or paintings then you're in a a mindset of well now i Somebody's expecting something of me, Mm -hmm. and then you get all seized up and so forth. And uh, that's kind of an interesting thing because we know that if you can get into some sort of state where you're not bringing all that stuff with you, you usually have a better time of it. The stuff you make is, is more authentic and so forth. So when we look at the actual word play and where it comes from in language, it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, you know, according to the dictionary, comes from the old English word, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, either plagian, plagian, but anyway, it means to exercise or plaga, brisk movement. Um, and it's also related to the Middle Dutch, playen, which is to leap for joy or dance.
1: Oh, and that is the coolest.
0: What, what's the one thing that you'll notice that's, that's not in that definition?
1: Work, boredom.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Work, boredom, money, product. There's no product, oh, product. involved. It's just, it's a thing that you play, is a thing that you do. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to do this play in order to do something else. It's just, I'm, I'm doing this thing. And it's interesting when we were talking about this, we were talking about how, you know, we're looking at the part of brisk movement and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, thinking of it as exercise. And I think it's interesting how, in like an academic setting, or even in a lot of the, uh, the writing books I've, I've read and probably the art books, you know, there's always, there are always exercises. Yes. They're, an exercise at the end <laughs> It's never like, hey, here's a playful, fun thing. And I know that whenever I see like, oh, there's an exercise, I just keep moving, flip the pages because I don't want to do exercises. Like for me, that's a turnoff, but I feel like it's been kind of couched that way to be like, well, here's this thing that just like regular physical exercise, if you, if you do this exercise, you and I, I think there's truth to it. Yeah. You exercise these creative muscles and develop them, and then you can bring them to your practice.
1: I think I've totally bought into it now that I think about it because I kind of love it when there are exercises, but I feel like it legitimizes. It's oh, like yeah. this calming influence on my mind. Like, okay, now I have a directed activity That's right. that makes this school. How playful like is school. that?
0: <laughs> it is. There are assignments and, uh, and you know, there are obviously there's, there's value there. I just, I just found it interesting that, yeah. that choice of word exercise. And to me, it does. It makes it feel like school, which I think is probably one of the reasons it turns me off. It's like, well, I didn't read this book so I can do more work. I just want to read the book and think about these. Mm-hmm. For me, that's like where the sweet spot is. Going back to the idea that like, here's this thing that isn't originally geared toward uh, making a living or Creating something of value, et cetera, et cetera. And and we were talking a little bit more about like, oh, it's interesting. Like, what are the ways that the word play is used today that's socially acceptable beyond being a child? And thinking, oh, you play sports, Mm -hmm. you play music. And those are things that are kind of like, well, yeah, you can do that. But, you know, once you get older, like it can be a hobby, but you can't do those things because only really special people are allowed to do those things. For their lives because they're making money doing it. Right. And it's like, well, that's a big bunch of horse manure. (laughs) I mean, it's true that they make money, but what we do is we equate money with with value, Value. right? Value, yeah. And societal impact and all that kind of stuff. But then, of course, these same people were like, I can't believe they get paid that much to (laughs) do that. And it's mostly because we're a little jealous that we don't get paid that much money to do that. Because I sure would take millions of dollars to play sports or ride my bike or do my creative practice. But then imagine if you were making that kind of money, the, the pressure that you'd feel to produce something of super quality.
1: Right. I remember reading that thing about amateur musicians versus professional musicians. I think it was in that beginner's book and just they, you know, did a study of satisfaction. Oh, yeah, yeah. And sure. Uh, again, the professional musicians, when they did their practice, they were... Doing exercises, they were improving, they were always moving towards a goal, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they had lost that gratifying sense of just playing around and messing around once it became a serious business. And I think I've suffered from that in my art career, I think, you know. Oh, yeah. This idea that if I just play around and I don't have a product to offer people, then I can't have a successful business.
0: You'll you'll read about it a lot. We've talked about it. The idea that once you weigh down your practice with the idea of it needing to be monetarily productive, it does. It changes the whole vibe of the thing, right? Uh, the the author who has yet to be published is actually working in the most magical time of their life mm-hmm. because there is no expectation. There's no pressure other than the pressure they're putting on themselves. Whereas once you sign that three book contract, it's like, oh my gosh, well, can I do this again? What am I gonna write about? Is anyone gonna buy it? It's funny how much of the conversation on, say, writer Twitter is about the pressure and like the fear of like, well, if you what what happens if I don't sell? Like if I sign on for a three book deal and the first book doesn't sell that much, well then they won't put as much marketing behind you the second time around, you know, and there's just all these there are all these things that go along with it. And it's like, man, well that that doesn't sound like the fun part of being a creative. Right. <laughs> the the hope is, of course, that you you can maybe make it your career because it seems nice to be able to spend your whole time just being a creative and and making money doing that. However, if you're going to go that route, you're going to hopefully have these moments that kind of take that pressure off of you. And I think that's where play comes in. One last thing, an observation, which I think going back to the sports and music thing is, you know, the the idea that, this is another example of where play isn't Valued, and I think about growing up in the Atari age, right? And those kids and those dang video games, and then the <laughs> cons, the rise of the consoles, and the you know the amazing games that are put out there now, and how a lot of that was seen as frivolous, especially I think generationally. I think as as we get older and we have grown up with video games, and then millennials and Gen Z, you know, that's just a part of the fabric of living, just like TV was, you know. Which somehow TV, even though we were always told not to watch it, that our parents were watching the hell out of it. I know, which is all funny. the
1: time. Yeah.
0: But once they're able to make money doing it, they're able to enter competitions. Now there are leagues where people can compete. And, uh, and suddenly it's like, oh, well, oh, now there's value to it because these people are able to make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars doing it. But again, people also be like, I can't believe they're making that much money playing big <laughs> games. Um, anyway, that's enough about that. I just thought that was kind of a neat thing. Uh, and... And man, things evolve, like things are always changing and what's, what's valued now might not be valued in a hundred years. And so I think really the, the, my takeaway on that is don't worry about what's valued now, worry about what you value.
1: Yes. Oh.
0: So there, there's your introduction about how horrible play is, um, <laughs> but, but we need it. We need play in our creative practices. And I would say just in our lives in general, because it, it can open you up to sort of a meditative state to the flow state.
1: To the present moment.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 It just sort of distracts you. At at first, I think that's as, like, we think of it as a diversion, right? Like, oh, it's just a break from the real world. It's like, no, well, it's just a different part of the real world. Yeah. Right? I mean, there are, like, countless studies that talk about how good playing music is, how good, like, free association, playing games around a table with people. Like, there are all these benefits to play that carry over into your whole life. What are some of the things, like when you think about play for your practice, what are some of the, the feelings that it evokes for you in, in a positive sense, not the, oh my gosh, I'm wasting time and all that kind of thing. but
1: You know, for me, play is a way, and again, I think you, you said it perfectly just now, I think of it as a, I'd like to change this thinking, but I think of it as a break. So, okay, I'm stuck, I'm not sure where to start, so I'm going to play to start.
0: Right, right. Just kind of get the wheels turning.
1: Exactly. And so, you know, reminding myself that it's okay to play. It's okay to wander and not have a, a specific goal in mind and explore. You know, I, I need to constantly remind myself of that. I want that to be more integrated into yeah. an automatic response instead of a having Wait, to get on. to a very low point before you go, oh, yeah, right. I can have fun and play. <laughs>
0: Or, or like think of it as, a, as an either or, like it's either I'm playing or I'm producing serious right. artistic work. You know, one of the things that that's come to me more as of late is, you know, as I'm working through this new novel concept and like, oh, I need to be charging forward and, and figuring it all out. And mm-hmm. um, I think this is one of the reasons that play gets is important is because it's also a way to get you unstuck or to reinvigorate that spark of excitement. You know, I think of it as the sense of wonder. Like I'm, I, when I started this project, I, oh, this is cool. This is cool. And then it's like, ah, well, is it? And it's like, well, let's see if we can reignite that sense of wonder. And usually for me, that's like, okay, well, it's not exercises. Uh, It's more (laughs) figuring out relationships between people and things and places and, and just how it all will tie together in the big picture. And so like doing some research on science fictional concepts that I expect will be in the story, doing research on, um, you know, well, I guess science fictional concepts a lot because that's where like, Ooh, well, that's cool. That kind of gets your mind thinking, but then you also have to figure out, okay, well, the neato cool concepts are great, but how does that translate into the people in your stories? And, and how does it, you know, you want to have these cool ideas, but it still has to be relatable and it has to be. Emotional, and so then trying to figure that out, and so it feels like is this constant like, all right, I'm gonna do some research, and then I'm gonna write down some thoughts and and kind of just moodle through this and see what comes out of it, and that's that's the the excitement is that like, oh well, what is gonna come out of this? I don't know, and sometimes nothing does, but a lot of times relationships will reveal themselves by going through this process, and then I can go ahead and work more you know deeply into what the story's about, how it might be structured, where things are going to take place. And then I'll hit a, another sort of lull. And then I'll go back and kind of just sort of do this, these cycles of trying to figure things out. And so-
1: Seems to me you've redefined research as play. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's yeah. true. I think
0: it's a part of it. As, and, and right as a writer, it's like, well, I'm doing research and because uh, <laughs> you can't call it play. because. <laughs> but I think, man, everything I feel like With creativity, everything really kind of flows from that sense of wonder, that creative spark, the begeisterung, Mm -hmm. the giddiness, like if it's just dull work, I can go do a million (laughs) other things that are exactly that. (laughs) Right. There's that quote, and of course, I can't remember what it is, about the the serious of a kid at play. Oh, right. And, And I like that because what it conveys is that play is serious if you take it seriously, right? As opposed to like, well, this is some frivolous BS that I'm doing because I don't want to do my other stuff. As opposed to when a child goes and decides they're going to play for them, it's like, well, okay, here we go. You know, like, all right, well, what am I going to, what am I going to make with this? This is the most real thing in my mind, because as a kid, you're not distracted by a lot of things like paying the bills or mowing the lawn or splitting wood or cleaning the kitchen or whatever, all the mundane tasks of life. And so you get to just be totally in it. And as an adult, you can do that too. Mm -hmm. And we just don't give ourselves permission to do that. When in fact, if we do that as an adult and we relish in our creative practice unencumbered by all the uh, expectations, I think that carries over into your regular life too. It makes the mundane tasks more fun, you know, or if not fun, at least like, oh, this isn't a big deal because I got the charge and I'm still riding that charge. Yes. As I go back and nourished
1: yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also, man, those are times like washing dishes and and all those things that we've talked about before, in in their way are kind of a sense of play where you're doing things with your hands and but you're not really having to think about it because you've done it so many times before and it allows your it does. It kind of opens up your mind and it provides that same flow state that play does.
1: They always talk about famous people who had their best idea in the shower, you know, or whatever. They sat at trying to work for hours yep. and then they went and took a shower, took a walk, and suddenly they figured out the theory of relativity. Or...
0: <laughs> yeah, I think Einstein, is he was having a shower beer. <laughs> exactly. And he was scrubbing his armpit and voila.
1: And I think uh, I was thinking back to just when our child was small. I know I had a thing against playing that I always needed to be doing something in service of my job as a parent is what it felt like when right, I was, right. when they were little. And that's, you know, once they become a little more self-sufficient, you allow yourself your time or whatever. But that's one thing, one piece of advice I would give my younger self is allow yourself to play with your child because you know that that's what they need, but you forget it's what you need
0: absolutely to
1: do your own play too.
0: Yeah. And there's probably something there that's okay, you know, from an altruistic standpoint of like, yeah, it's okay to forego yourself at times. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, no, I think, I think that's, that's a great call from a sanity standpoint, because then I think you get, you are less likely to be resentful. You're less likely to be irritated because you didn't get what you needed and you feel like, well, I'm just doing stuff for everybody else, especially if you have a A needy husband, (laughs) which are the worst. Um, Anyway. No, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Where are my pants? (laughs) And so what are some things that when we think about play as a creative, um, what are some ways we can approach it, I guess? If if you want to be adult-like and think about frameworks and like, well, okay, well, how do I, how do I even start to play? Like, I just, what am I supposed to start doodling, which is perfectly legit and okay. Um, but you had talked about a way to kind of enter into that play state is basically through like the classic child uh, mechanism of pretend, viewing the world that's right around you through that lens. is
1: Yeah. I was even thinking about as mundane as having somebody. we had a visitor drop in last weekend and just looking at our house from a perspective of someone else and yeah. what they notice. And so even as simple as pretending that...
0: Pretending that you just walked into this house for the first time.
1: Yeah. Or looking I'm, at
0: the landscape out of the window.
1: Yeah, differently. Because things become just everyday parts of our lives and we take things for granted. And I think that's a play mindset is everything has possibilities. Mm -hmm. It's not just the thing that you see every day. It could also be something else, like a banana as a phone. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that.
0: (laughs) Or a shoe as a phone if you're Maxwell smart. And
1: you like to turn everything into a hat.
0: Yeah. We talked about last night, what if a hat was a song and a song was a hat? Take that and play with your next session. Uh, Uh, Yeah.
1: Write a poem.
0: Send it to us. And wear it as a hat. (laughs) Send us us pictures of you with your best poem as a hat. (laughs) Or another good one could be like, pretend you're an alien. You've never been to this planet before. And you start looking at tools and things that like, we're like, oh, well, that's a coffee pot because it has a familiar coffee pot shape. But like, imagine what it could be like if it wasn't. What else could it be? You know, liar's poker. You're like, oh, this object I'm holding here, this is, you know, this is to great potatoes. on. You know, you just, you take something that is obviously a thing, but then you give it a whole different purpose. Yeah. And then, and of course, liar's poker, you're trying to convince people that 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 is what it was. And you get people to vote for your your thing. And then whoever got the most votes would win. Um,
1: Oh, Balderdash was super fun for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Taking a word and creating your own definition for it. And, uh, and getting people to try and vote for your definition yeah, um, by being how believable it was, right? And that's sort of the fun thing about play is once you kind of enter into that state, that's the world talking about authors and their characters. And it's like, well, you have characters, but if you dig deeply enough, you it's not that you think that they're real, but you can enter into a, a state of mind where they are real because you're like, oh my gosh, well, what, what are they going to do in this situation? And once you kind of get into that that next level, that's when the good stuff happens, because that's when the emotions and the thoughts and feelings and actions translate from your imagination onto the page and make them more interesting. I was thinking too, uh, in anthropology, I'm going to totally butcher this, but I remember this from a class in undergrad, and we were talking about outside of a culture you see, oh, well, that's how they're using that thing. So that's what that thing is. But inside of a culture, they might use that thing for way more things than you imagine. So, like, a good example would be, like, well, here's a screwdriver. Oh, well, a screwdriver, you take that slotted end and you put it in a slotted screw and you turn it, and that's what it's for. It's like, well, that's true. But then some people might use it to open a paint can, or some people might use it to, you know, uh, get a cork out of a wine bottle, or, you know, there are so many other things that occur with that thing. And so, I think imagining the different uses for items or the different um, uses of landscapes or structures or things along those lines is a pretty interesting way to kind of engage into that play state, too. Yeah. But eventually, like, what I've found is that the play state can only last so long, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the flow state. Once you, once you recognize that you're in it, it's usually over. <laughs> right. and, uh, and I think with play, that's the same thing, too. It's just like when you're a kid and you would be like, oh, we're going to play kick the can and you're out playing kick the can for like two hours at dusk, which is ridiculous because dusk <laughs> doesn't last two hours. But anyway, you're out there, but eventually everyone gets tired of it because the excitement is, is over and that's okay. So like we've talked about before, the, there are a lot of cyclical components to our creative practice. And I yeah. think play is definitely one of them. But I think also the other thing about play that makes it really interesting is that the idea that when a kid sits down to play, it's, it's all the possibilities of what might come out of that play. And that's what gets us really excited. And so possibilities, you could also translate that as mystery. And so that's one of the reasons that we do creative practices is because we like the mystery of it. Like, well, what is going to happen? Even mm. though I know what I want to happen, if I can put that aside and just say, well, whatever happens, happens. Bob Ross, mm. happy accidents, Yeah. right? And it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't mean to do that, but look what came out of that. And that's something that maybe I can check into more and see what that's all about when we were getting ready for this episode and exploring the concept of play we had talked about the idea of you know the consumption of creativity and playful states the idea that it's easy to consume but there's this thing in us that we all really have this desire to be creative and to to connect on that level and i think maybe as if if all we're doing is consuming it but not doing any of our own creation it can create problems it's kind of at odds to some degree with our human nature. Like we might see, I watch all the Marvel movies and they're, they're amazing. And then I just feel anxious or angry or whatever, (laughs) depressed because I've left this amazing world. Just a quick aside, like virtual reality and augmented reality. Mm. There are studies that show that because the, the worlds created by those technologies are so vibrant that people are loath to leave them. And I think that really any visual media taps into that. And when we come out of a movie for, you know, when we yeah. used to go to movies, come out of a movie <laughs> theater, and, and then you're, you're a little bit let down because it's like, oh, the fantasticness is over. And now I just have to go figure out where the trash What to goes. have for dinner. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you had come across some, an article that talked about how that disconnect between consuming and creating can lead to maybe some of the symptoms that we see in our society a lot yeah. today. Things like um, comes
1: out as depression and alcoholism and addiction,
0: anger, anger, aggression.
1: aggression. Oh yeah, the I think uh, that's a big one. The dopamine. I mean, we see this and with the whole social media thing, it's hitting a spot that we could conceivably yeah. hit with a creative practice, if yeah, it, it it is. It's not fulfilling.
0: It, and that's, you know, like social media. If you haven't listened yet, we have an episode, a couple episodes ago called Riding the Digital Dragon and just sort of trying to come to terms with with all this in, in your life and in relation to creative practice. But I think of it as empty calories. Like yeah. the dopamine you're getting, you're getting it just like you'd get calories from sugar. But once the dopamine's gone, you don't have, there's nothing- associated with it. It's just, I just need more of it. Yeah, And, uh, I, I think that that's really fascinating. And so that's where play comes back, you know, to bring it back around, that's where play comes in. If you allow yourself to play, even if you don't necessarily have a burgeoning creative practice or a career, but you're dissatisfied with life, if you can kind of allow yourself to play and allow yourself to play somewhat regularly, I think that'll build on itself. And eventually you'll find yourself going, wow, I think I want to channel this into a A thing, a creative practice, whether it's music, whether it's art, what you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, soap making, and it's like
1: creating interest and meaning in your life through play.
0: We want our lives to be interesting, and a lot of times we equate watching interesting shows or reading interesting books with being interesting ourselves, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, just to ourselves, right? Like, not like it doesn't matter if I'm interesting to Bob over there across the street because he may not be into what I'm into. And so when you think about play in the grandest sense, you know, think about uh, kids coming to their art materials and they're not thinking about, oh my gosh, I got to fill up this space. We're like, oh my gosh, I get to fill up this space. Mm. And they engage with their materials on a very connected level. Those materials are interesting, right? They're like, oh, look at this paint, look at these colors and rolling with it and, and not, tape, not bringing all of your stuff. That's the whole idea of play is not bringing all of your stuff to
1: you're not dragging your emotional ball of twine to your <laughs> That's play. Right.
0: Although I bet that emotional ball of twine makes some cool patterns on your canvas. <laughs> okay. um, I, I think, again, like kind of just hammering on that, you know, is, is your life interesting to you, especially in that moment, right? In that moment, like there doesn't have to be anything else because really all you have is now anyway, mm-hmm. so you might as well make the most of it from a just purely connected standpoint. You had alluded to it when you're talking about your practice is just just that getting started. Once you decide to play, the pieces will come as a result of it because there's a sort of this chain reaction that happens as you as you play. You your mind free associates, it makes connections, it does all the things. And that alone is interesting. Yeah. And that that's a more nourishing dopamine drip than just endlessly consuming stuff that other people have made. You yeah. Know. So that's our encouragement for you is to Take a moment, play in whatever manner it is, whether if you're a guitarist and you just want to noodle around on some scales or you're an artist. Uh, one thing I, I read was a, an artist person recommended taking big brushes mm. and, you know, not getting bogged down in the detail work. That helped him be more playful and less judgmental about his work because he couldn't be detail-oriented. He was just like slapping it on there and getting in there and just sort of feeling the visceral feedback of, of the actual act of doing it.
1: Yeah, I remember reading a artist who paints large said, pretend that you're painting a wall when you're, you know, so just like roll on a big old bunch, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Because your critical mind gets out of it at that point, and you're just experiencing the material.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, writing, again, for me, like, I think the morning pages from The Artist's Way, you know, or, or, or however you incorporate that, but if you do any kind of morning pages, that's a really nice way to kind of just start jotting down thoughts without the load, right? I mean, that's, isn't that sort of the point of it? Like, just, just yeah, write, absolutely. don't worry about what's coming out.
1: Punctuation, or even if you're writing about your laundry, whatever. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and you'll find that you don't want to write about your laundry. <laughs> and so you'll, your mind will move on to things that are more enriching to you. And uh, eventually, it's, it's almost like a little like launch pad for the day to kind of like, oh, kind of give you a little focus. You just play as much as you can and you'll find that as you do more of it and you incorporate it more, that it'll actually become part of your creative practice as opposed to this thing you do to get to your creative practice. Right. I won't belabor it anymore. <laughs> uh, get out there and play. And uh, if you have any thoughts about it, feel free to hit us up uh, at creativedoubleshot.com. Leave a comment. Write us on, well, write Ginger on Instagram and Ginger Dan's art. Yeah. And uh, please share this with anybody who you think might benefit from a rambling conversation <laughs> on creative practice. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.